Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome, listeners, to possibly our final installment in Neil Blomkamp Retrospective Series. This is somewhat of a bonus podcast because just recently we found out that Neil Blomkamp created his own film production studio titled Oats Studio, and he is creating experimental short films, which seems right because that's where Neil Blomkamp began, as in short films, and those gained him notoriety, and that's how he got to be on the big screen. But it seems like he's coming back to the smaller screen with these, and he's taking them to YouTube, and also you can... Uh, purchased them through Steam, and he's done three major short films. It's a part of Volume 1. Uh, they say Volume 2 is coming, but the three short films are Raka, Zygote, and Firebase, plus a number of pretty short uh, CGI animated films, and there, he also has an ongoing series titled Adam, that CGI. We'll talk about all of those here in just a bit. And then at the end of the podcast, we'll discuss what Neil Blomkamp might be doing next theatrically. Well, let's just jump into the first one, Raka. Let's just talk about this. What What were your thoughts? Uh, this this is the first one that I watched of his. I think this is the first one he released, if I'm correct in that. Yes. Okay, so I thought it was interesting. It kind of felt like the opening to almost all of his movies where it's like a montage, essentially giving you all the backstory before you jump into the actual story. But this one never really jumps into the story; it just kind of keeps going with this this montage of a of a uh, opening, essentially. And it was like almost a half an hour long. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I thought it had a really good world building. It kind of felt like Neil Blomkamp's usual stuff with that you know dystopian future and, and stuff like that. This one, it, it kind of is a mix of. I know. I know before. We've related all of his works to Mad Max and how it's kind of like a Mad Maxian style with that like wasteland, wastelandy kind of thing. Um, and this one definitely has a more Matrixy vibe to it, where you have the aliens essentially breeding on the humans. And in Matrix, you have the aliens that are breeding on the humans for energy, whereas in this one, they were kind of just wanting to terraform the Earth and stuff, and they're even even slave the humans. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. It's kind of a bit of a departure from Blumkamp's usual stuff. So as we said, this is an experimental short film, as with everything else that he's doing here. So I'm kind of curious to see if this were to become a theatrical release, because I know that he was thinking about doing that if one of these landed and got some big and got some big buzz that he would release one of them as a theatrical release i'm kind of curious to see what else he would do that way he can actually flesh out the story and not be so central into this physical like a 20 minute montage right and i feel the same way and that's kind of my worry with this is although there are aspects that are creative neil blancamp kind of falls back into some of his cliches with certain aspects of it well okay some of the positives are the alien design yeah. It's really kind of a amphibious or reptilian. Uh, looks really cool. And mm -hmm. I, I thought they did a great job with the CGI in yeah. design. Um, also, the world building I felt wasn't too deep. But I still did find it to be interesting with what they're doing. Uh, the voiceover for this doesn't work for me because 
It reminds me a lot of uh, the Alice narration from the Resident Evil movies, uh, which I is not something you really want to associate with. Probably not. <laughs> and the reason I said the world building wasn't too deep is when they're talking to one of the main characters, they say the usual payment, the item, the stuff, just these kind of fairly cliche general terms. And I understand it's a short movie, but... Yeah, I mean, some other positives were, I thought the mind hacking was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Very reminiscent of Predator, I felt. Yeah, With their true. fingers and tapping into their, they're holding their skulls and everything. I thought it was odd that it was broken up into f three different parts. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I was thinking that this, maybe this even started off as a theatrical film. And then he just kind of cut it down to a short one. I'm sure that's not really the case, but that's just kind of what it feels like, mm -hmm. is he had an idea for a feature film and then it just kind of ended up not coming to fruition. So we just made it into a short film. It, it moves so fast between these three parts. I don't think it needed to split it up into three parts. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, f the finale kind of redeemed some of it was cool. Um, I did feel sympathy for this creature because it's kind of animal-like and animals are innocent, but it's intercut and shows like how cruel and like pure evil these creatures yeah. are. And you don't really feel sympathy for them anymore. Okay, overall, do you have anything left to say before I give it my recommendation? Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like you said, the narration doesn't exactly work here. If I can sum up into just like a, a small sentence, it would just be it's like the opening montage to every single one of his movies. Yeah, that's basically that's basically it. And it's funny because every movie of his opens with a montage. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a montage with a voiceover. Right. So overall, I I give it a weak recommend. Yeah, I'd say it's 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 a very interesting style. Um, I know I've been getting into more short films recently, especially on like Amazon Prime and stuff like that. This is one of the more high budget ones. Oh yeah, you're not going to see anything like this in short films really anywhere. So it's kind of cool to see director really put a lot of work into short films after he's done a bunch of theatrical releases. Yeah, I'd give it a recommend. It's interesting to check out. Now, the next one uh, I'm going to briefly discuss. It's really not worth uh, talking too much about because I found it to be pretty boring is Zygote. And his wife actually came back to help him write this one. She and him were both nominated for Academy Awards for their writing with District 9. Well, if you have seen... The Thing, whether that be the newer one, The Thing, or John Carpenter's one, or maybe even the original, well, then you know the premise of Zygote. It is Dakota Fanning, of all people, wow. and the Hispanic guy from Elysium and Chappie. I can't remember his names, but you can clearly tell Blomkamp likes to kind of recycle um, some of the actors. Well... <sighs> There is some kind of interesting world building, but at the same time, it's kind of hard for me to get too invested in world building with only a 20-minute thing. Uh, we we know that there are class ones that are born to live, and Dakota Fanning's character is not a class one. She was born to die. Uh, they're at some kind of Arctic base station. I felt the dialogue to be really annoying. It was way too quickly paced to be realistic. Just the, the stiffness of the characters was also frustrating. So the the creature design is incredibly hard to see until the very end. And 
it's a basically just like a conglomerate of all of the humans it's killed taken over and like it's got a bunch of eyes for a head and you can see all of its hands and legs and stuff well if this is the creature design they stole from gantz zero which is on netflix to stream i believe right now that's where i watched it so i highly recommend watching gantz zero instead of this but oh and there's also the twist that barclay dakota fanny's character is actually human and i put here in my notes i care about none of this so, honestly, I put in my notes, is this as close to Alien as Neil will get? Because the thing is a little reminiscent of Alien. They're both kind of similar, you know, trapped in a place, and there's a creature running around, and you gotta stop it. But I'm like, okay, if this is what Neil does with this, then I'm not sure I want to see him do an Alien movie. Now, we'll discuss that at the end of the podcast, actually. Uh, this, this also kind of reminded me of Dead Space, and overall, no, Zygote is a not recommend, don't, don't waste your time watching it, just go watch The Thing, just go watch John Carpenter's The Thing instead, or Gantz Zero, or Alien, but it's pretty much a ripoff of The Thing. Alright, moving on to his third and final short film for Volume 1, I believe, Firebase is the end for it. Well, it opens with Scripture. Yeah, that was fascinating. I was there was also a lot of biblical themes kind of strewn about this in uh, several different places as well. So I thought opening with the verse was very interesting. Yes, it said something about the world is not our home and we have one yet to come. I'm not really sure what that has to do with the movie. I don't think it really elaborates on that too much. Yeah, not really. It's kind of just that's up to the audience to really figure out, I guess, what that means. Something I noticed with Blancamp's work is that there's always lots of like grotesque violence or gore. And there's also normally always lots of F-words because yeah. we got that in Raka. Yeah, we did. Well, and I should note, Raka, you can watch without the like mature content warning, but Zygote required it. Seems odd. That did. And if I'm not mistaken, Firebase might have also. Yeah. And I didn't get it on mine, but then again, I have it turned off on my account okay so i i I wouldn't know anyway i don't know that that seems to be like a common favorite of his is just being really violent and really grotesque and using the f word as a lot Mm -hmm. you know not as much i guess as like the wolf of wall street or the departed Right. But still, it's enough to cause you to notice in today's society, which is saying something. Yeah. And I'll say that I think that the grotesque imagery actually kind of works in this one. Yeah. Because it's very much coming off of the Vietnam War, which is a very, very intense war where a lot of soldiers kind of came back with some serious PTSD. And we noticed one that we lost and stuff like that because of what was going on over there. But... I think that it actually kind of works in this one just because of the entire setting of the Vietnam War and that older kind of style of footage and everything like that. I think I think this works a bit better than maybe even Raka does. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. And I felt that some of this like old footage was kind of haunting, especially when they talked about the Omega event where all of this stuff just started kind of rising up into the sky. We We don't ever really get any explanation as to what this kind of paranormal entity is the supernatural entity is that's going on in vietnam 
But I gotta say, I really like Firebase. Yeah, so do I. And especially the River God is awesome. Yeah,、oh. he looks super freaky just、mm-hmm. because he's built out of、uh, essentially just human like, bones, tendons. Yeah, yeah, bones and tendons. I I have、Muscles. a small theory. I haven't really thought too much on this, but I wonder if the、uh, River God. It's essentially like the like the evil incarnate of the Vietnam War or just death in general because people are always saying that they can't kill it but that it just kind of is always there.、Um, Some people can see it. I know that when the main character looks up in the mirror, he can see like, its reflection behind him. And I don't know. Maybe I have to look deeper to the movie or in, into this this film. But it's kind of a small theory that I had when I was watching it, and I was just like, that would seem a bit more fitting. I do kind of want to point out this is very different than. Blumkamp's usual style as well, a bit of a, of a departure because we usually go for the dystopian future. This one's definitely set in the Vietnam War in the past. Yeah, I was actually really surprised to see this take place in Vietnam because everything is in the dystopian future pretty much. Yeah, that's been his track record with everything.、Um, I guess except for District Nine was kind of in an alternate dystopian type. More modern day, but still, and I guess same with Chappie, but still, it's always a futuristic vision. Whereas this was in the past, and it was very much more primal with the things that were going on, and the visuals in this are really well done.、Mm-hmm. I mean, just awesome visuals. The setting is、uh, great. I really don't have much to complain. It's a really cool setup for the end,、uh, where he's talking about. This guy has these special powers、uh, to deflect things, and they're giving him like this armor. And he, there's this voiceover at the end where he says, "Like, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil." And it it ends right before they go, and they're gonna go supposedly destroy the river god. I was like, "Oh, I do not want this one to end." Yeah, I wanted to see more of this one. Yeah, if any one of them were to become a movie, this one would be really interesting to see what Blumkamp would do with his Blumkamp. Isms essentially. Oh yeah, definitely. So Firebase is a definite recommend, and if they're looking to go further out of the three short films, I would definitely want to see Firebase expanded、yeah. into I, a full movie. And I feel the exact same way. I think that、uh, this is a definite recommend for me as well. I think that if Blumkamp were to make this into a movie, I think that he could do a really good job and make it super interesting. So I'm excited to see、uh, if he's going to do anything with this. Blumkamp also has a number of. Much shorter films than this. I I don't even know. You couldn't really call them a short film per se. Well, yeah, they're still considered short films.、Uh, actually, the short films that we watched were actually a bit longer than what you usually would, usually would see. Yes, these these three are. But could we call like God and Capture Fluke short films? And yeah, yeah they're pretty short short films. The ones the, that I usually watch end up being around ten-ish minutes. It's usually about the threshold, right? Yeah. Some, of course, there are plenty that go on longer than that, but usually the ones on Amazon Prime that I've seen are about about ten minutes, five to ten minutes, or about the length. Right. Well, God is probably a little over two minutes,、mm-hmm. and this sees the return of Char- Charlotte Copley and the guy who played Christopher Robbins. I can't remember his name, but. They,、uh, the guy who did Christopher Robbins was the motion capture and one of the interview people in District Nine. Charlotte Copley is Wickes and the bad guy from Elysium, and he is Chappy. So him and Neil Blomkamp always work together. So it's funny to see him as God with this big beard and this really refined parlor type room or dining type room almost, and 
Uh, he had the butler, who was the, the Christopher Robbins guy, who also had an appearance in Chappie. I don't know. It was really fun. I thought it was really funny and unique. I mean, that's not really how God is, but I, I thought the visuals were cool and the whole concept was pretty cool. Yeah, it this is very much a satire, and I thought yeah. it was very funny the way that Neil Blomkamp was able to kind of poke fun at a couple of things. And I think it definitely is talking about how God interacts with the world. And I think what Blomkamp was trying to say is like how much God interacts with the world versus how we view that he interacts with the world. And then, of course, you see that the earth template thing in the very middle of the room, which I thought was really, really cool yeah. how he was able to view essentially the human culture and, and, things, and things like that in this small space and how he was able to control everything just by telling his brother, hey, do this, you know. It, yeah, it was interesting. I think this is uh, this is definitely a good capture card for Neil Blumkamp's humor as well. And like you said, it's definitely a satire. Well, and we also, it's called Capture colon Fluke. And Capture is this weapons corporation, but it's kind of made to almost be really almost friendly and inviting and cool, like like kind of Apple would be with their logo design and talking about it. Well, there's kind of a dark side to it because this Fluke machine can implant in somebody and you can just take control of their mind and control their body and then blow them up around the other enemies. So it's really kind of uh, dark, but at the same time, it's really kind of creative and interesting the way they go with it. Like it's like a VHS recording of them mm -hmm. in their testing warehouse. I don't know. I thought this was pretty well done. I was kind of surprised that this was actually entirely CGI as well. Oh yeah. And kind of gave off as this, not really realistic, but at the same time, kind of realistic setting where they have this gun, that, this shotgun that can shoot this specialized bullet into this person and can and essentially control everything that they do. And I thought one of the now one of the remarks in the in the short film was, "Oh, I wish I had a stature button." When he when the doctor was controlling him, <laughs> yeah, and he was just kind of walking on like a zombie, and he's like, oh, "I wish I had a stature button." You know, mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, this is I think also kind of a uh, very satirical in a way. And it's kind of going to show maybe even more modern weapons and what they really can do. And stuff yeah. Like that. I think it's also kind of a commentary on probably on American society, but also on maybe the government's use of like weapons combined with technology. Because he said we have a contract with the Department of Defense and they also are able to get prisoners. I'm assuming the worst prisoners they get to test these things on because they just... They don't. The prisoner doesn't know why he's there, and they blow him up. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of human rights going on, which is very reminiscent of District Nine yeah. when they're using Wickus to test the weapons, and his uh, rights went out the window so fast. Well, there's other. There's two others that are really short. You really don't know anything about them, but I'm assuming we're going to get more. And that is Praetoria, and I don't know how to pronounce it, Gdansk or Dansk. I don't know, but. My favorite of those two is probably the the dance. I think I think the same thing too. They're they're both really interesting, but I think that one definitely sparked my interest a lot more than the other one did. There's a lot to that. I want to see a lot more with that. And honestly, the camera work in a lot of these is fascinating, mm -hmm. especially with that because it's almost this like uh, 360 first person point of view, like one of those types of videos, but it's not. And just the way the shots are so close, but it's very ominous and foreboding. Yeah, and I think that that's also 
very reminiscent of his style in general is that he really likes to use handheld camera a lot and especially in mm-hmm. uh, capture fluke where it actually is somebody like controlling the camera like a character yeah um or god not necessarily but definitely this one too these two definitely use utilize that handheld camera a lot and his other longer short films that he has as well um he really likes that handheld camera that realistic gritty style of the handheld so yeah that yeah that that definitely comes out in praetoria which i thought was pretty cool but it's there's really not a whole lot to it yeah i would have liked to have seen more to praetoria um i think it's a little cliche it doesn't really make any sense there's just like you're never going to be forgiven for this general and we found more gold and I'm like, okay, that seems a little easy to just go with that kind of stuff and not really give us more. But then again, we might get a lot more. Also, Adam is a currently running episodic show that there's really not a whole lot to make sense of it yet. We only have the first three episodes released right now. I don't know if those three, if that's the end of the entire volume one. And now that 2018 is upon us, we will get uh, volume two and hopefully we will get the stuff we've talked about a lot more expanded but i think adam is super unique yeah it really really is and i was noticing also some more biblical themes especially in the second part the second and third parts i was definitely seeing a lot more of those themes of like moses and the exodus oh yeah or absolutely um yeah things like that i was noticing those watching adam when you when you were watching it that was that was super interesting to see I also kind of got a um, General Grievous vibe off of this, just by the way of the how the robots are and how their minds are implanted into the, these shells, but they're completely wiped and things like that. It was just so interesting. I really want to see where else this is going to go. Yeah, probably out of all of these, this is probably the big ticket item mm-hmm. where he could probably do the most with it because there's a ton of world building to be had with this. Like we've gotten like a little bit of it, but I would honestly, I think I would like to see this brought to the big screen. Yeah. Hopefully in a good way. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Of course, Adam is the name of the first human. Supposedly, that's the name given to him. That's what we have in the historical and biblical text is Adam. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it it means like soil creature. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because these are not soil creatures. They're like electronic, but in the future, maybe that is what it is. But in episode three, we see this kind of like bald monk type yeah. spiritual person. And he's they're like renouncing technology and throwing it away. And they're getting back to just like agricultural, simple life. And all of these robots for their felonies have been like stripped of their bodies and their consciousness put into machines, which really reminded me of Chappie. Yeah, this definitely, definitely takes off of Chappie, too. Yeah, and we know that they've been banished from the Consortium, and I love the design of their two kind of, the two kind of Moses-esque figures. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Moses and Aaron. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Moses and Aaron. Um, really cool designs, very futuristic, very almost anime in a way, kind of made me think of like Princess Mononoke, but also very Native American with some of their stuff, um, like a really big blend, and the animation is great, and uh, really cool stuff here, and we got a big twist at the end of episode three, mm-hmm. because this supposed monk or priest 
he goes and he like his skin flies off and he's actually a machine. Yeah. Which there's going to be a lot left to figure out with this. So we've only been getting bits and pieces because these episodes are short. Yeah, they're very short and they're also very abstract as well. Yes. Because it's very much left up to the viewer. The first couple episodes have hardly any dialogue at all in them. I know that there's some dialogue spoken by the humans in the first episode. Uh, the second episode has a little bit more when the Moses character is talking um, there towards the end. The third one has the most out of the three so far. But yeah, these are very abstract. And the yeah, they're, you said they're so interesting. Just the possibilities that they could go with this with these all these avenues and stuff like that. I'm really excited to see where where this would take it and see where Blumkamp is going to go next with these because it's super interesting. And really cool stuff. I think it's also really cool that this is made with the Unity engine. Now, usually you see this with video games, but this was used for short films. Exactly. And the CGI with all of these is so impressive. Some of them are a little better than others. I think probably Praetoria has some of the weaker CGI. Yeah. Uh, Dansk CGI is really good. And Adam's CGI is really well done. And all of the voice acting... Yeah, this stuff is really well done. Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting too that this one kind of takes more. Like I said, it's built with the Unity engine, and that's always used for video games. This one definitely has, at least compared to the other ones, it has not as realistic right. CGI, but I feel like it really, really works here because in this one, it's focused on the robots and how they're human, but they're almost human because they have the human consciousness in them, but at the same time, they're not human because they're fully robots. Yes. So it kind of has that relationship as well. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and of course it raises more questions that I believe Chappie raised. And I guess District 9 raised as well. Because Neil Blomkamp really likes to focus on the other, the outsider and the outcast. And how they play a really prominent role in their culture or society. And are these machines, are they now human? Because in episode 3, he has this lady bash her brother who is now a robot like bash him over the head and destroy him even though this guy is actually a machine himself and yeah is this conscious being still you know have some kind of value of life in a person it raises a lot of questions that i really hope they'll explore in uh something much deeper because these are nice tidbits but if this is all we're going to get for a while, it's going to take quite a while to link everything together. Yeah, yeah. And like we said before, we've noticed that there is definite a definite relationship between Blumkamp and like Mad Max or even Blade Runner. I see a lot of Blade Runner coming out in this one that asks that question of what does it mean to be human? And are these are these creatures that look like humans, are they actually human because they have the human consciousness or, you know, things like that. I think that that's really interesting. I think that Bumkem does a pretty good job of at least dipping his feet in the water of that kind of stuff. He also has another segment called Cooking with Bill, which kind of is, again, a really kind of messed up satire on those late night infomercials or things you see on TV where you can buy these cooking products or whatever. But they just are weird and disgusting. We I only watched one. I'm kind of afraid to watch the others now mm-hmm. where he gets mad because this woman's hair is in it. And he has to eat human hair concerning sushi. Weird. Just And this really doesn't fit with the other stuff. Like yeah. this oat studio is really all over the place. It really with is. With everything. It really is. This is probably Blumkamp's most out there short film compared to everything else that he does. Yeah, it's like a bizarre infomercial, and also 
right now there's only like a trailer out, but it's called Bad President. And it's just about the President of the United States who is like super over the top and violent and perverted. It's really weird. I don't know where he's going with that mm-hmm. one. But as for the future of Blumkamp, he seems like he's going to be right at home with Oat Studios for quite a while. And if I could guess right, he probably won't be coming back to the big screen until one of these really catches on and generates a lot of buzz where he would get studio funding again and can do his own thing. Because we clearly saw like a decline in how much the audience and critics enjoyed his films with the box office and just with, I don't know, reactions to it between district nine, Elysium and Chappie, they kept like really diminishing. And I think he's kind of like, okay, I want to get away from studio interference or, you know, the audience really doesn't care for what I have to do. So I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Whatever crazy thing I want to do, I'm going to go do it. That's what I see out studios as. Right, yeah, I, I agree with that because it's it's very clear, and then we even talked about this too, there's kind of been a dip in his production quality when it comes to making these movies because District 9 was so strong, and it definitely was Neil Blumkamp as Neil Blumkamp could be, and he tried to improve on that style and try to pull in different themes, and it kind of didn't really work with Elysium. It kind of worked with the Chappie, although we both re- didn't end up enjoying that one. It, we we recognize that those other two are not nearly as strong as District 9. And it's very clear he's trying to go back to that District 9-esque kind of, kind of style with all these short films that he's been doing. But yeah, I really want to see, now that he's taking time to... It looks like he's taking time to like regain his footing and see, you know, what really do I want to go and continue doing. He's testing out a di- like different waters and different kinds of styles. Because one thing I really want to see is what else can he do? And I know Cooking with Bill is one that's so out there compared to everything else he does. And I really want to see what else you can do. And it was very close to happening that Neil Blomkamp was going to make the fifth Alien film. Mm. Well, that is until Ridley Scott stepped in and said... Mm, no, I, after all this time, Ridley Scott only made one. He made the very first Alien film, which is a brilliant film. I would love to do a retrospective of that yes, someday. But he stepped back in and said, okay, I've got, because this is after Prometheus. So Ridley Scott did Prometheus, and then Neil Blomkamp released some, I think, unofficial uh, concept arts for an Alien sequel that would bring back Sigourney Weaver which makes sense because we saw her in Chappie and in Raka. And he also wanted to bring back, I don't remember the guy who plays Hicks, but he wanted to bring him back. And Bill Paxton expressed interest also, but, you know, rest in peace. Sadly, Bill Paxton, that's not going to happen unless they do some weird CGI thing, which I think would be inappropriate. Yeah, they pull right a uh, Great Moff Tarkin from Rogue One. Right. So Neil Blomkamp had a really, as usual, a really unique vision of Alien and... I'm kind of lukewarm, honestly, with that because, yes, overall, Neil Blomkamp's films have been mostly unique. Sometimes they have just fallen back on cliches. Uh, They've mostly been pretty unique and pretty visionary, but I've always kind of had a lukewarm reaction to most of them except for District 9. So, And these short films tell me this dude is incredibly visionary. I just don't know if I want him 
coming to the Alien franchise because they've already taken a hard hit with honestly pretty much everything after Aliens. Yeah. So, and this would technically skip Alien 3 and 4, which most fans would be fine with because those are considered the black spot on the series. I don't know. As of right now, the Neil Blomkamp Alien film is probably not going to happen because Ridley Scott said, I want to come back to the Alien universe and make you know, a sequel to it or a prequel or six more films. I have no idea what he's doing. Ridley Scott, yeah, essentially kind of forced Neil Blomkamp out of there. And Blomkamp's like, well, I guess it's pretty much done. Ridley Scott forced me out. So that's why I think he also came, made up Oat Studios to do whatever he wanted. But after seeing Alien Covenant, I'm not giving my review of that movie right now. But after seeing Alien Covenant, I I am interested to see what a young, fresh, visionary filmmaker could do with it. Like I said, I'm still lukewarm Mm -hmm. about Neil Blomkamp, but he could have maybe invigorated the franchise a little more because, honestly, it seems like Ridley Scott is moving away from the alien and focusing more on AI or something. So that's kind of a mess, honestly, at this point, sadly. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I think, though, that Neil Blomkamp, with his style, I think he could do a lot... If he does it right, of course, I think he could do a lot of good with the Alien franchise because I know as we discussed and a lot of of audiences also kind of agreed that Covenant with Ridley Scott kind of taking the helm back, it wasn't as strong as the others were. And I think that that new sense of style, I think that Blumkamp is also looking for a new, new style and I think he needs to go for a different style. I think that if he were to go for alien i think that that might work if he does it if he does it good and i think that that could also help the franchise as well because i know that's kind of as we said as you mentioned it kind of took a dip these last few years with the last few movies so i think i think it'd be interesting to see where he goes if he were to get if he were to get that that job i don't think it's going to be happening now that uh really scott has kind of basically said no but i think i think it would be really good for the alien franchise and maybe even really scott or uh neil blomkamp himself yeah, and you never know what could happen in a couple of years once Ridley Scott is done with doing whatever else he wants to do and fans really want the aliens back and it kind of seems like that might not happen with these. So, you never know. We People may be cheering for a Neil Blomkamp alien film someday. But until then, it seems like he's sticking with Oat Studios on YouTube and Steam. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Volume 2. So, probably around this time next year, once Volume 2 is done, I'd like to come back and revisit and see what he's done since then. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. But until then, listeners, we want to say thank you for listening to kind of our bonus wrap-up podcast of the Neil Blomkamp Retrospective. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that uh, you'll share it with your friends. Uh, Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Reddit. Uh, you can find us a lot of different places and share content and interact with us in a lot of different ways. We also love to write articles on the website, silverscreenguide.wordpress.com. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the email because you will make sure to stay up on all of our latest reviews and content that we put out. And we will be doing only one more show for the end of 2017, and that will be our Christmas Day special of It's a Wonderful Life. We're really looking forward to bringing you that uh, Christmas special. 
And we will get the schedule out not too long after that for the 2018 year. We've got a lot of really big changes coming. We're going to be doing a lot of great new uh, programming and content with uh, different ways that you can become involved and support us. Uh, we're kind of ironing out the details right now, but we will be getting those details out to you shortly. And we want to say thank you again just for downloading the podcast and listening and uh, coming along for the ride with us because we have a lot of fun talking about this stuff. Uh, we, we do it for fun because we love it and we love to share it with you guys. And uh, we would love for you guys to interact with us and ask questions and be a part of the comments. Uh, I know a lot of you have commented on the 2001 A Space Odyssey video. Uh, gotten a lot of really great comments on there. Some great thoughts. So it's been nice to interact with you on there. But uh, yeah, make sure to follow the website, the YouTube channel. We, we will be putting out more videos. We will actually, we're actually doing a uh, Marvel reviews. We're going to review every Marvel movie. There are going to be small mini reviews on the YouTube channel. So look for those leading all the way up to Infinity War. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But until next time, listeners, we will see you only one last time for 2017. But until then, we're looking forward to it.